lady rose from her chair and walked to the window, evidently in a state of strong but not unsympathetic cogitation. When at last she swung around again with an air of resolution, she was bewildered to observe that the young man was carefully laying out on the table various objects from the shop window. They included a pyramid of highly colored sweets, several plates of sandwiches, and the two decanters containing that mysterious port and sherry which are peculiar to pastry cooks. In the middle of this neat arrangement, he had carefully let down the enormous load of white sugared cake, which had been the huge ornament of the window. "'What on earth are you doing?' she asked. "'Duty, my dear Laura,' he began. "'Oh, for the Lord's sake, stop a minute,' she cried, "'and don't talk to me in that way. I mean, what is all that?' "'A ceremonial meal, Miss Hope.' "'And what is that?' she asked impatiently, pointing to the mountain of sugar. "'The wedding cake, Mrs. Angus,' he said. "'The girl marched to that article, removed it with some clatter, "'and put it back in the shop window, "'and then she returned, and putting her elegant elbows on the table, "'regarded the young man, not unfavorably, but with considerable exasperation. "'You don't give me any time to think,' she said.' "'I'm not such a fool,' he answered. "'That's my Christian humility.' She was still looking at him, but she had grown considerably graver behind the smile. "'Mr. Angus,' she said steadily, "'before there is a minute more of this nonsense, "'I must tell you something about myself as shortly as I can.' "'Delighted,' replied Angus gravely. "'You might tell me something about yourself, too, while you are about it.' "'Oh, do hold your tongue and listen,' she said. "'It's nothing that I'm ashamed of, "'and it isn't even anything that I'm specially sorry about. "'But what would you say if there was something "'that is no business of mine, and yet is my nightmare?' "'In that case,' said the man seriously, "'I should suggest that you bring back the cake.' "'Well, you must listen to the story first, said Laura persistently. "'To begin with, I must tell you that my father owned the inn called the Red Fish at Ludbury, "'and I used to serve people in the bar. "'I've often wondered,' he said, "'why there was a kind of Christian air about this one confectioner's shop. "'Ludbury is a sleepy, grassy little hole in the eastern counties.' and the only kind of people who ever came to the Redfish were occasionally commercial travellers, and for the rest, the most awful people you can see, only you've never seen them. I mean little loungy men who had just enough to live on, and had nothing to do but lean about in bar-rooms and bet on horses, in bad clothes that were just too good for them. Even these wretched young rotters were not very common at our house, but there were two of them that were a lot too common, common in every sort of way. They both lived on money of their own, and were wearisomely idle and overdressed. But yet I was a bit sorry for them, because I half believe they slunk into our little empty bar, because each of them had a slight deformity, the sort of thing that some yokels laugh at. It wasn't exactly a deformity either, it was more of an oddity. One of them was a surprisingly small man, something like a dwarf, or at least like a jockey. He was not at all jockeyish to look at, though. He had a round black head and a well-trimmed black beard, bright eyes like a bird. 
He jingled money in his pockets, he jangled a great gold watch chain, and he never turned up except dressed just too much like a gentleman to be one. He was no fool, though, though a futile idler. He was curiously clever at all kinds of things that couldn't be the slightest use, a sort of impromptu conjuring, making fifteen matches set fire to each other like a regular firework, or cutting a banana, or some such thing into a dancing doll. His name was Isadora Smythe, and I can see him still with his little dark face just coming up to the counter, making a jumping kangaroo out of five cigars. The other fellow was more silent and more ordinary, but somehow he alarmed me much more than poor little Smythe. He was very tall and slight and light-haired. His nose had a high bridge, and he might...